Hello and welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. I'm Kevin Bapti and I'm joined by my brothers Craig. Hey, how's it going guys? And Adam. What's going on guys? Welcome brothers. So we just wrapped up the Northern Trust at TPC Boston. DJ walked away with it, an 11 stroke victory finishing at a nearly record minus 30. Uh, the win puts him back to number one in the world. What do you guys think? It was <laughs> quite a performance by DJ. Uh, pretty wild week as far as scoring goes. I think it's just absolutely absurd what he did to go 30 under and clear the next guy by 11 strokes. It's just it's a different level that he was on for four days. Yeah, I saw a good tweet uh, that when... Dustin Johnson plays like this, it makes you wonder how he doesn't win every week and why he doesn't, why is he not playing this well all the time? How did this guy shoot 80 at, at Muirfield? 80, back to back 80. And then a 78. Oh my, yeah. So does this, guy, does this make you guys reevaluate maybe our opinion of him following Harding Park? Because I know it does for me. I thought maybe... He didn't do what he needed to do, couldn't close the door. Now you look back on it, he did shoot a 68 in the final round. He was there. He was in the tournament. And I, I at the time, thought it maybe was a choke. I think now I look at it more as Morikawa went and got that one. And DJ is playing some, some great golf. It, it makes me reevaluate his career completely i i don't know with when you see performances like this it almost makes me think that he's underachieved as a career with his maybe not so his pga titles but his majors won uh with only one he when he i think it's hard to argue that when he's at his best and everyone else is at their very best he's still the best golfer in the world i don't know if i go that far i do i mean to me this is exactly what we have seen from from dustin johnson over the course of the last six seven eight years uh he there's times where he looks like he is leagues ahead of everyone uh, i think the problem with golf sometimes is that you don't get everyone playing their best at the same time i mean if we had rory playing his best and brooks playing his best like we're, we're pretty quick to crown whoever just had a great tournament as the best golfer ever um, people were talking about Bryson breaking the game a month ago and Dustin Johnson has always had this game. And so it's just a little bit, uh, like I, I, it doesn't change my opinion of him. I, I totally agree with you in terms of, I think that if anything, but he seems like he has underachieved because when he his does this, it looks so seem- easy. Yeah, exactly. And his valleys seem lower than they should be. I mean, his peaks are so high, but his valleys seem lower than they should be. Yeah, so is that a bit of a characteristic of DJ? You know what else I think we have to consider is we always assume these guys are 100% physically, right? And DJ does have a history of back problems, and you have to wonder sometimes. He, he withdrew from one of those events after shooting an 80, yeah, maybe it was a bigger factor than we give it give him credit for, or or maybe it was a bigger factor than what we thought it was. I think sometimes when when guys withdraw after shooting a big score, 
you think, oh, well, the guy, he's just saying that so he can, doesn't have to play tomorrow and, and miss the cut. But, you know, maybe there's more to those kind of things. I was also trying to think of a another sport comparison for DJ with how dominating he can be at times. And I feel like he, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I feel like he also was kind of the first of like that big bomber new generation after Tiger where they're like, okay, this is kind of changing the game. Then there's new equipment, but I was thinking Michael Vick, he came in as kind of like this crazy talented, hugely electrifying when he's at his best. He seems like he's better than anybody. He's winning in Lambo in January. He's kind of, he's the Madden. He breaks Madden. And I think DJ's kind of like that. Like he might not win the championships, maybe, but he, when he's at his very best, he is that good. He's that electrifying. Well, Max Homa had a great tweet today. I don't know if you saw that saying, they showed it on the broadcast, but saying pretty much that when DJ plays the golf video game that's coming out, I think it's 2K, he's going to think that it, make, it makes <laughs> golf seem hard, too hard. So I think I that, like that. I think that in part, like to me at least, it feels like this is more just the reality of golf like in his in his interview afterwards uh he spoke about how he he just got a good feeling on wednesday with his ball striking and he was he felt like he was hitting it just as good on thursday as he was the rest of the week but uh, i think he was 67 on thursday and he he went to the range that day and practices put practices putting and i think it's just the reality of golf that and and like Kevin was saying with these guys' bodies that you you don't always like it's such a, a finicky game that you're it's so hard to have all of these people playing at one hundred percent of what they are able to do. And so when you do get those moments, it's awesome. And like that's not what it was this week, but that's sort of what you hope to get. Uh, you know, we never really got great Tiger Phil uh, matchups. Uh, and that's one of the things with golf that whenever you do get those, so like I'm hoping in these next couple of months we get DJ and you know maybe DJ and JT going at it at a major. It is it is great when you get kind of two guys at their very best, but I also think when there's a tournament like this on Sunday, everyone knew what was going to happen. It takes the interest away, and I bet you the viewership was down a little bit. So can we talk for a second about the 59-60 that? that happened on Friday between sorry, Scott sorry, and Scheffler. We can, but, just real quick, I want to go back to, to what Adam was yeah. saying for a sec. It's kind of like in those those Michael Vick Philly Eagles games when he was, I had him on my fantasy team and he was running up the score and putting up 50 <laughs> points in fantasy leagues. I still was happily watching those games. So if, yeah, you have DJ, if you have DJ in your DFS and you're sweating sweating the top of a, <laughs> of a leaderboard, you're probably watching it pretty close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does, it does make it harder, I think, for the casual golfer, golf fan to, to really care about it when one guy's 10 clear of the field. It when, was good this week that there was, they were playing for the top 72 to move on to next week because that at least added some, sure. some interest down the stretch. Yeah, and the fact that he got rolled number one. But talking about the the 60s and the 16 or 59, if you eliminate DJ 60 on Friday and he just shoots par, he's still tied for the lead at the end of the championship. That's, 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 how, that's how good he was the rest of the tournament. So I got a, I got a couple of good ones here on the on the fifty nine sixty. Uh, there's been twice before that it's happened in the same tournament, um, but 
what DJ did, and I, I, I think they had spoken about this a little bit. I didn't catch it exactly in the broadcast, but following up a 60 with a 64, or so say include 59 and 58s with the 60, uh, it's only happened right. three times. And there's only one, so two of those were par 70s. So there's only one other time, and it was Mark Kalkovecchia at the at the Phoenix Open, um, who who followed up a, a 60 with a 64 back in uh, 2001. So DJ 60 has got to be one of the most unusual, perhaps you know, disappointing. Do we say 60s of I, all time? Absolutely, of course. I mean, who wasn't who wasn't thinking this guy's going to like shoot? 56 or like you know how low can he go and then what was it the last seven holes he part was it it was nine under through nine i remember that and it it, was was 2733 was he 11 under through 11 holes or 12 holes something like that he has this incredible pace it was 11 under through 11 holes and 18 is playing i think over a half stroke under par that's disappointing. <laughs> I was disappointed, <laughs> but it just—it's it like it's like when you're up. watching a race in in the Olympics or something. You see a guy and he's like, it's you know, an 800 meter, and he's like, you know, he's breaking the world record. He's going crazy, and then it's like, oh, he's just falling. He's falling off the base. He's oh shoot, he didn't actually get the record. You know, he yeah. just won a gold medal. Yeah, oh. <laughs> but yeah. doesn't Bo-hum. doesn't that perfectly sum up kind of DJ's career in some ways? Is that he he creates these expectations with play that's so brilliant that when yes. he doesn't perform to that extremely high level, you're almost like, Oh, and you're wanting more out of him. It's not fair, but that's, it's just the way it is with DJ. Yeah. I do also like looking back to uh, the PGA. I do like the fact that, you know, Brooks had called out DJ and Rory had, had his back saying like i don't know if you you really should be talking about a guy that's got 21 wins like this is why you don't talk about him you know like (laughs) well and i i have to you know i during that conversation i said that maybe we had to question whether brooks had some valid points there and that his career with four majors versus and seven wins versus dj's with 20 wins and one major maybe they were comparable i think i have to eat my words a little bit here and yeah because dj it's easy to forget some of some of what he's done and why his he will leave an impact on the game why he will have a legacy because 11 stroke wins you don't just fall into 11 stroke wins that's that's a level of dominance that especially against the best fields that there is you know like it's not like an 11 stroke win when it's a when it's a one star player in one of those weeks that no one else is going to um this is these were all the other best players in the world the other thing i i I think i heard it on uh from shane bacon just the quality of the wins that that dustin johnson has had it's not like it's a bunch of of scrub tournaments it's wgc's playoff yeah. tournaments uh, he's his 21 wins are not are not gimme easy weak field wins so i mean we were talking about the 60 and the 59 i feel like this is exactly what's happened to scotty scheffler's 59 it's overshadowed by dj is that is that fair to say absolutely i think so i mean if you shoot a 59 that's great and that your name is added to an elite list of you know the few 
players that have done it. But if you don't win the tournament with that 59, there's always almost a little asterisk beside it, you know, that For if, sure. if, you, if you shoot a, I guess, what's the minimum 11 under, and then don't go on to win the tournament, uh, what happened the rest of the way? You know? But I thought I saw something like only about half of the guys who've shot 58 or 59 have actually won those tournaments, which is a little bit, I mean, it, it, I guess it goes to show what it takes to win over four days of a golf tournament. Scheffler shot 70, 71 as well. I mean, he, that's exactly it. He, he didn't sustain enough over four days. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into this now, but it also might be a little bit harder to finish when your caddy goes down on the fifteenth <laughs> hole or something. Yeah, um, he played pretty well after that, though. He didn't. I wouldn't say he had a huge drop off after that. I thought. I thought it was pretty funny though, just when that happened. And uh, who was it? It was caddy, who I think was also a substitute caddy. But you know, he comes over and grabs the bag, and then just that whole that whole sequence where. He like takes the birdie putt and then he makes his par putt and his caddy's just in the background of the shot. Uh, and then the other thing I, I I think for I think it was an assistant pro, uh, someone led better that came into caddy for him. The first so they they tee off and then he he hit into the next green and you could see them like like get in the bag and get in the club in the bag and like try and clean it and then like Scotty Scheffler I could see him pick up the divot to go replace his divot and I was like oh yeah like this is going to be a little bit awkward for him the rest of the way yeah so is there anything more we want to touch on about DJ I mean obviously a super super impressive victory the way he played I do so I, I just want to get in I got a question for you guys because I think the the 22nd win it needs to be put in context a bit because i think to adam's point that we sometimes take dj a little bit for granted is that what you're saying that uh, we take his career how good he has been for granted because he doesn't have the majors uh sure not really i'm just saying his his highs are so high but his lows seem to be lower than they should be but sure okay so so just to put it into comparison there's a handful of guys here that I, I just went through the list. You know how on the all-time PGA list, there's all the guys from back in the day, and and you don't really know how how quality some of those wins were. But um, I've got Lee Trevino, Johnny Miller, VJ Singh, Tom Watson, Phil Mickelson, Jack Nicklaus, and Tiger Woods are seven guys who all got got um, got their 22nd wins at about similar points. So I just want to go through the list here. And then I want you guys to tell me how many you think DJ gets to. And this can give you a little bit of a barometer as to what these guys ended up getting to and when they got their 22nd. I'm sorry, what do you Does mean this count? similar to when they got their 22nd? So like what age? How old is DJ? So DJ's 36 and he just got his 22nd. Does Johnny, this count? Well, Tiger, Tiger's nowhere. Tiger had his 22nd win when he was like... Well, so I'm putting it in context. There's going to be a high end of the range. Okay, okay. I see. That's why he was does the this, does, does this count every tour? Does this count Champions Tour as well? PGA wins. So uh, it also doesn't count European... Got it. Or like there's the... They count the WGC as, as both, but uh, it, it's just specifically from Wikipedia, PGA wins. So Johnny Miller got his 22nd at 35. He won 25 total. Trevino, 22nd at 38, 29 total. 
VJ, 22nd at 41, 34 total. That's a pretty impressive. So he had... He had a 12, pretty amazing late 12 in his yeah. stoppers, 44, yeah. Uh, Tom Watson at 31, he had his 22nd, 39 total. Phil was 33 and went to 44, or is at 44, I guess I should say. Uh, Jack was 27 and got to 73 total. And Tiger was 24 and is currently at 82 total. Well, I think, I mean, as we already touched on physically, I think if he stays healthy, that's a big if. Um, If he stays on form. So to that end, I think Johnny Miller there is a good, so Johnny Miller got to 25, but he was someone who, who, like Adam says, uh, his highs are so high. Like people talk about Johnny Miller, like he's the the greatest ball striker ever, uh, but he, his body broke down on him. And so after 35, he only had three wins yeah well i think that dj it, it it totally depends what his motivation is if he wants to keep doing it if he stays physically able to do it i think uh, if he stays in form like this i mean i put some wagers down on the next couple majors for dj today i'm not gonna lie the way he's looking mm-hmm. uh, if i i believe he could win both of them um he could he could have another year where he rips off six wins seven wins you know if he keeps playing like this um in a year so he could easily get to phil's number i mean i, I think tiger's out of, the, out of so, reach so, but okay so what's, 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 your, what's, what's your, your number what's your number you can't just say he could easily do a lot of numbers that's pretty obvious <laughs> or or do you want to think for a sec if, if adam let me think like come back to me come back to me okay i'm going to take a little bit of a different approach i think DJ has won every a PJ event, at least one PJ event every year since 2011. And he's 34 right now, you said, Craig? Is that right? 36. 36. Okay, say he has another 10 years of winning, and I'm going to give him one for each of those 10 years, and then I'll sprinkle in a couple. So let's say... So sorry, you think he's going to get up at least his one a year? For the yeah. next 10 years and then sprinkling a couple more on top and he this is number 22 yes give me 34 34 so that's the vj number kev do you got a number yet you go first i just in a i guess a similar approach to adam and um, he He's one of Kevin's two. still checking with his gut. He's trying to see what his gut is. I'm, I'm just says. feeling. I'm feeling. I'm trying to tell if that's dinner or if that's the DJ <laughs> feel. Okay. I think I think he has somewhere between one and three, maybe for the next four to five years, and then maybe one every other year for a couple of years after that. So, say two or three, six, nine. Sorry, did you say 34? Um, Are we going to, in post-production, cut out how long you're actually thinking about this? Because for people that listen, this is on minute two or three. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he doesn't break 30. So Ooh, what are you giving him? I'm going to say 29. I, 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 think, I think it's a bit harder to win now. I think he's at his peak right now. I don't know if he's going to age that well, like physically. Um, I think that... 
you know, he's already got back issues. I think it's too easy for that decline to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to say 29. I want to so clarify that, that I, I don't think he's going to win once a year for 10 years, but that's yeah, but kind that's of the just, average I took. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe we can cut that out and make that uh, clear in post-production there too, because I'm pretty sure that's what he said, one a year <laughs> for 10 years. So that was going to be my, my uh, take, was that I didn't think he was going to break 30. I think I'm going to go with the $1 answer. I'm going to say 27. I'm going to go low. Wow. I think it's going to be, but be you, under. You, sorry, but you also think he could win both majors this year? Yeah, those are going to be two of the 20. He's going to be at 24 after Augusta. No, I'm, oh. uh, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to win Augusta, but I do think he's going to, he's going to be right there. I'd love to see him do it now. I think, I think it's also just incredibly hard to win. Like I think it is. It's obviously, very hard to he win. makes it look easy when he plays like this, but winning like volume winning volumes of tournaments is not an easy thing to do um i think that for dj he's more of a when he plays well he's going to win as opposed to he's going to be a slow steady guy for a long time so i think he will have higher as long as he's playing at a high level there'll be there'll be wins on the table but yeah okay so that was just a little digression i i wanted to try to see if we had some historical context that we could put it in yeah no that was good um it's it's interesting to see where like some of the guys you mentioned are are legends of the game or guys that you think of as I mean obviously all these guys over twenty wins are Hall of Famers uh, but to see where he's at in relation to those guys um, and even when you think about some of those guys' careers it's, it is interesting to see he's he's kind of yeah. ra- he's almost in the middle there then you know it yeah seems like. and I think I think we I think it's a harder to win in this era than it used to be. And I think we sometimes take for granted a little bit how good DJ is. And so, yeah, it is, yeah, it is interesting to compare him to, to those the legends of the game. So who else do you think is noteworthy that you guys would like to talk about from this week's, from this week's tournament? Um, I think we got to talk about Harris. I, I was really impressed by him until uh, DJ went out there and shot 60 i thought that harris english was going to win the tournament um harry he's an interesting guy i mean he has he was on the tour he had to go back down to the corn ferry i don't know if it was what was it corn ferry or web when he was down there but um he now has put himself in a position where he's a top I don't know what this gets him to. I mean, he's sixth in the FedEx Cup standings. I don't know what this gets him to on the on the world golf rankings, but uh, I was pretty impressed by his play. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we knew going in that the winning average at TBC Boston was mid-17 under. So most years, he's doing enough to win. He just kind of ran into DJ. Well, and when we were when we were going live on Friday, Adam and I were talking about what the winning score is going to be, and I was like, very clearly, it's going to be 19, and DJ was not going to win, and so I, I just forgot about the fact that he was going to get to 30. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I was going to wait and bring that up later, but yeah, that was embarrassing for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I thought even today, like it didn't seem like like Harris was really scoring that well today, but he still was a 69. Uh, it just seemed like he had a lot of control of his game. 
Yeah, he was pretty so, solid today. Coming in at third, a solo third, Daniel Berger, 66, 66, 67, 67. I think I heard, I don't know if this takes into account this weekend, but he has the best strokes gain stats since the restart. And he's also not playing in the Masters this year. I heard that. that How do you guys is, feel about that? There's no way shocking. Or well, he's, he, he, he didn't earn that, his way in before. To the so it goes on what the April field would have been. Is that essentially how they're doing it? Yeah, at at a certain point they locked it, and I don't know if there are more opportunities now to qualify. But before the tournament, I I read an article too that pretty much said he he didn't want to come outright and say that he had earned the right to play. But he's like, you know, I don't know what else I have to do to get these guys to give me a ring, and you know, maybe give me a chance to play this year because he has consistently been in the top 10. I don't know if he's been out of the top 10 more than twice since the restart. I'd have to look at the results. He, but. He's super impressive right now. Well, I just, I, I don't know why they would have chosen that way of, of doing this because you could have a guy win the tour championship in the U S open and then not be invited to the mass. Like it, I guess at some point they had to figure out, but I, I guess why lock it? Why not have leave yourself some flexibility? Well, it has to do with the way people qualify for the Masters every year. You know, the guys and and they have a limited field size, right? Yeah. So all the guy, all the winners from last year qualified for the Masters, and you don't want to take that opportunity for them to play away. So at some at some point, you have to you can't have all these extra wins count, um, and to grow the field. I mean, I, is I Sandy honestly, Lyle still that... showing up? Can we just take his spot? And... Well, no, you can't take Sandy's spot, man. He's the locals <laughs> love him. All right, you can't but, take Sandy's you know, spot. You know, if you were one of those guys, like, be like, hey, like, I'll, you know, I'll come hit a ceremonial drive, and then I don't know. I'm, I don't feel that upset about it. I mean, it. The entry rules are what they are, and he didn't make it, and he's playing incredible now, and it's just unfortunate. But I don't think you need to necessarily bend or get a special invite. It just it is what it is. Let's move on and have an enjoyable but the, Masters. The entry rules are for a tournament in April. Like, it's kind of a it's they kind are of a statistical. They're, they're running a tournament six seven months. I don't know what the exact date is, but they're running it six months away from when it was supposed to be run. So, so was he going to win in March, or was he going to do enough to whatever the next entry step is, be in the top? Well, so if there would have been tournaments in March, he won the first one after the restart. So, like, who's to say he wasn't going to win the next tournament? You know, like. I guess it to me, it just with these are yes, there are rules, and these are made up rules, but it just seems like it leave yourself some flexibility because this guy should clearly be playing in the tournament well I, the one thing that Augusta members may not be known for are their flexibility so and for, exactly <laughs> and that's that's another thing I saw on Twitter is like the more people bring it up the less likely he is to get the invite. Oh, they're going to lock that down hard. Be like, nope, yeah. this is the way it is. It's just Dude, kind of an anomaly for this year. You know, it, it is, like Adam says, it is what it is. It's it's a weird happenstance, but, I mean, he'll get in next year. So so yeah. I, I just pulled up his results since the restart. He's gone, 
he went first, tie third. He missed the cut at Memorial. Tie second, tie 13 at the PGA Championship. He slid down on the last day there. And then third today. So, Wow. Pretty impressive stuff. That, that's actually incredible. That, I didn't know it was actually that strong and consistent. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, you have arguably one of the top five players in the world right now that you're not bringing to the, a golf tournament. That it just it seems silly to me. And so I guess I, I played pretty decent golf today, but I'm not getting an invite. So me and him have the same open weekend in November. I guess. What do you guys? What else on the first page of the leaderboard here? So we got. Kisner and Webb, we talked about them last week, backdooring into a top five. It looks like it wasn't quite as much of a backdoor this week, but um, a T4, I think, for Kisner and a T6 for Webb. They're just, they're just adding to their bank account there, as, as Kisner alluded to today. What do you do when DJ's so far out in front, they asked him. He said, I just think yeah. about my bank account. I just um, get out of the way and think about how I can put some money in my bank account. I love that. Well, and these backdoor top tens are are a lot more valuable than last week. Uh, Kisner moves up to twenty three, so he, I mean, that's big for him in terms of trying to get into the the final. Yeah. The do you want to do you want to take that this opportunity then to talk about some of the guys that moved up? Well, yeah, just real quick. I I mean, we we touched on Scotty with his fifty nine. Um, I'm constantly impressed. I think I think he's likely going to take down Rookie of the Year over Hovland, but. The next couple of weeks will will help to to determine that. Just because I mean I, I'm saying that just because of of this week, like thus far in the playoffs and the the PGA Championship is the one major we've got. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't disagree necessarily, but I Hovland is such a player. It's hard for me almost to come around to that. I I wouldn't count Hovland out uh, of either of the next two weeks. I don't know if he's in the top thirty right now. But, he is 24, so it, it, it'll actually be a good little finish to see. Like I think it's pretty neck and neck. Hovland yeah. does have a win, too, which you have to weigh in those. Yeah, they, and they do weigh those, but yeah. I guess, I guess, what do you know what his win was? Was it an opposite field event? It was a Puerto Rico Open, I yeah, think. Yeah, so I think that's one of those ones where is that more impressive than, you know, some of the, what does Scheffler even end up in the in the PGA, do you know? I don't remember what he finished. He was he. I think he was top five though for sure. I uh, I think he was top five. Did, I would have take you heard the stat in the next about, two weeks though. Have you heard the stat about the Puerto Rico Open? So the Puerto Rico Open, the winner of the Puerto Rico Open, has never gone on to win another tournament except there was one guy who went on to win the Puerto Rico Open again. Wow! So that can't be right. I believe it is, and previous winners include Tony Finau. And now Victor yeah. Holland. So let's uh, let's break the curse here. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, so so uh, Scheffler Scheffler was fourth at PGA and fourth this week. So I, I mean, I think it's going to be good. I think the next two weeks, if either of them separates themselves, I think they're going to take it down. But I, th- I think it's pretty neck and neck right now. So we haven't talked at all about uh, Tiger and Rory yet. We got two days of those guys playing together, which. We've all dreamed of, maybe not in this scenario, mm-hmm. being at the, at the, you know, making the cut on the number and then being in one of the first groups off. But um, sort of a tale of, of golfers going two different directions, I think, as a Tiger fan. Not the greatest Saturday for either of them. Uh, Sunday, Tiger 
put together a pretty good round. He was looking really good. Uh, Could have gone lower than he did. I think he shot a 65. 66. Uh, 66. Um, sorry, it was 65 in my mind. Uh, <laughs> missed a three-foot birdie putt there. That, that one hurt. But looking like he's getting into form, I hope that he can make a run next week. I'm not worried about Tiger. It's it's what I was kind of expecting. He It was good that he made the cut and got some reps in. Uh, Rory, I am a little bit more worried about. What do you guys think? I think I saw a quote from him today that he his game's not exactly where he expects it to be and he's not feeling kind of the juice or the mojo from the crowd and it it he's not getting as up as he has in the past. So I I think the there's four top golfers in the world. I think it's DJ Rom who had a great tournament, JT and Rory. And right now I think Rory's the only one that's kind of trending down. Yeah, I um, the I, I saw, I think the quotes that you're talking about, Adam, and uh, the thing that stood out to me was that he was um, saying he's tough to find it, like he's tough to find the inspiration right now, which is like that's never really something like once a, a top talent is struggling to be motivated, like that's 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 a little bit scary. You don't you don't want yeah. you don't want your um, you know, one of the world's best golfers to just be kind of going out there and going through the motions because they're not going to be able to beat the other best golfers in the world with that approach. And, you know, whether it is in part because he draws he draws from the energy of the crowd, uh, he was saying that, you know, he'll he'll make a birdie and he'll go off and, and be like ho-hum and he'll make a, a double bogey and he'll be all cheesed off. But... It, he's essentially like just the stakes and the, it just doesn't feel like it's the same to him right now, which it, it's just going to be interesting until we get crowds back, whether that continues or whether he finds a way to, to, uh, you know, bring it from within. And he was talking a little bit about how his caddy and in, in practice rounds, they'll do betting. So he'll, I, yeah. I don't know if it's on shots or on rounds or on holes or what, but maybe he needs to be bringing that into, to during the week, just so he cares a little bit more about each shot and is a little more engaged, but yeah, it's going to be interesting so, to see. So this was the sky sports article and they talked to, about that with Rory. And then they also asked tiger about not playing with crowds. And, and a point that tiger made is he believes that those guys have lost one of their advantages by not having the fans because they're used to, they're used to having yeah. thousands and thousands of people watch their every move all the time. So when they're playing guys, who maybe haven't, you know, let's let's use Harris English as an example. If they're in the final group with a Harris English who maybe hasn't had that throng of people following him his whole career, for sure you will feel the jitters more than these guys that are used to playing in that in that environment. And they feed off the energy of those guys. When they start get ro- getting rolling, you know, that's when they hit their pinnacles. Yeah, and, but and they, who, I mean, like, who cares though? So that's an advantage that's gone for them because, I, I mean, so what? Like, get get it another way. Find it within. Find it internally. No, but it's, I, and it's I, an interesting point to the to the no fans thing because I hadn't really thought of that at all. But these guys that are elite, I agree. Play play better golf, and you're going to win. But I mean, we've we've seen that from Tiger's playing partners throughout for the decades that 
I mean, they just couldn't handle what he goes through for every single round of his life. And yeah, now it's maybe a little bit more of an equal playing surface. And they don't have, they also don't have bumpers of crowds lining the fair, the fairways. I don't know. This is I'm also, I feel it. like this is probably the most like relaxed Tiger has had playing competitive golf in so long because he, he doesn't, I mean, you always think about the, no matter who's in contention, the throng of people that follow Tiger around the course is just yeah. absurd. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to get into the bumper bumper crowd because I think that's a played out argument that doesn't hold. But oh. um, I, I do agree that like find a way to motivate yourself. Everyone so, everyone's playing under the same conditions, so yeah. find find a way to to motivate yourself. And if you're not, someone else will, and they're going to beat you. My quote of the week this week comes from Rory while we're talking about him. Ask what's the difference between a birdie and a triple, and Rory says four shots usually. Concise answer. Rory made a couple of those, so he knows what he's talking about this week. Um, I thought he would have said not chipping it backwards into the water. But well, yeah, what happened there? Maybe he hit a rock or something. <laughs> I See, I know. think I think what we're watching right now is is Rory's floor. And his floor is, is so high that he's making cuts and he's sort of yeah, around. But it's his floor. He's 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 yeah. hitting it everywhere in the I was watching those rounds on on PGA Tour Live or, or Golf TV, and following those feature groups, and he was all over the place. He can still make think... a ton of birdies, but he's making bad bogeys, and he's if if we were hitting it in the spots he was hitting it, we'd be making a lot more triples than he was. I'll I'm just putting X's on my card. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. I think that that's the reality, and it's a little bit of of the difference. I mean, it's not that Rory's ever not ever made you know huge blow up rounds but when you see what what dj has had in his off rounds this year um i think i think that's where a little bit what adam's talking about with the volatility of dj and rory has had volatility but i think this is this is him not playing great golf right now and so i i just really want to see rory get it back i think that these next couple of months coming up, if if he can be competitive in these two majors and and that I mean the tour championships, the tour championship, um, he's got enough money. I don't think he's. I mean, he's obviously not motivated by the money because that's what a lot of these guys are playing for right now. And um, he's got enough. Yeah, yeah. So let's quickly recap our picks from this week. Um, <sighs> I I believe. It was a bit of a rough week for everybody, but I think I had the most accurate ones. So let's just what? review. Okay, let's reveal. I don't know if that's right. So my pick to win was Tony Finau, which obviously didn't work out. And my sleeper was Mark Leishman, which obviously didn't work out. Wait, sorry. Uh, how many of those guys made the cut? Zero of those guys made oh, the cut. Okay. But you know what? I think had they made the cut, they were poised to make a run at 30 under. So it was, I missed by a hair there. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. The, the pick of top Canadian of Mackenzie Hughes proved to be a winner. So that's one. And then my fade of Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth will not be playing next week. That will be, and he missed the cut. So. Two for four is what bit, I'm going to take I've been a little bit nervous on Thursday when he was going on his sixth straight birdie or so. You know what? He's done that enough this year. I wasn't really nervous. <laughs> I'd also, so my you know, picks... I, I, could even, I could even move it to three for five as my original fade was Brooks Kepka, who 
didn't even show up. So I think that's the ultimate fade. I, I do feel like a Jordan Spieth fade is a little bit like, um, I mean, who is he around on, on DraftKings salaries? Like Abe Answer and... and Hey, Honest Abe, don't... Siwoo Kim. I'm just saying yeah. that like... In terms of fade, it's not it's not going too far out on a limb. Also, we know he's struggling. Like, don't kick the guy while he's down. You know, let's cheer for him. <laughs> so, Craig, why don't you fill us in on who you faded this week to <laughs> explain what a good fade should be? So, so if you want to understand a little bit of how to make a fade, um, no. So, my pick of Rory. Um, I I thought that Rory was going to start turning it around. Obviously, he has not. Um, he he did limp in to make the cut, but didn't really do much afterwards. Uh, my fade of DJ did uh, uh, was not the best, but if if you think about it, I saw him at one to twenty, and so he wins about a tournament a year. Adam was saying, and so what I was thinking, you know, twenty, like I just he's already got his win. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Um, no, I. I in all honesty, I think it was a mistake to pick DJ as a fade because I, I was <laughs> wow. Well, no, 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 because I was still call. thinking. I was still thinking more in the DFS mindset, where like DJ is either, you know, he's either winning tournaments or he's sinking your your whole ticket. Um, when you want to pick a fade for for this purpose. You don't necessarily want to pick a guy who's going to go out there and win the tournament by 11 strokes, and DJ could do that any week. Um, you know what I'll say? I, I I think what we all try to do, and I respect more from people who pick fades that are in that shorter category to win, and you want them... Oh, what, Kevin? <laughs> so okay. When you have the... Uh, the stones to fade DJ, I think that says a lot more than saying... Oh, I'm gonna fade Mark Leishman or someone. No, I picked, I picked Mark Leishman to to win as a sleeper. Just to be I, well, he should have been a fade, even though he's a weak fade. So, so what what you're telling me right now is you're giving Craig more credit for fading the guy who won by 11 strokes and got to 30 under <laughs> than you're giving to me for picking Spieth, who was. Some were calling to finally rally and qualify for next week, and he missed the cut and did not do it. I, I let me say your pick is slightly better than Craig's. Okay, thank you. But only slightly because yeah. <laughs> um, I'll take it. I'll take it. So Connors, Connors played well. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes did did squeak him out. Um, what I think it actually ended up at a one stroke, one shot win. Uh, no, Hughes was 13 and Connors was 11, so he got him by two. Um, but one thing I was going to mention on that note, and maybe this is the time to do it, we've got four Canadians moving on to the uh, BMW, which is the most we've ever had by, nice. by two. We have previously only had... Um, two guys make it in any in any year and the most that we've ever had make it into the tour championship is one so we uh you know if two of those guys make it through we'll we'll be setting another record for the Canucks um sleeper Cameron Champ Cam Champ 
Sorry, I, was, I didn't have it up here. Uh, Champ, yeah, he just missed the cut by one. I, I thought that, I mean, he had a bad bad Thursday. He tried to make it on Friday. Um, yeah, didn't didn't work out. Would yeah. pick him. Would pick him again as a sleeper. I think. I think he's he's the type of guy with his length that when he does, like, he's not going to be a guy that's going to middle around thirty or forty. He's going to contend and he's going to miss cuts. You know, Adam. Yeah. You got? I'll run through mine. I picked Bryson as my winner. I Ooh. he missed the cut, but you know what? I still I still don't hate the pick. He he just didn't have. <laughs> He was he was in fine form. He had won at the course before. He just he lost his he was 117th in the tournament in putting, and he lost strokes on approach. So he has some things to clean up for the rest of the season. But I'm fine with the pick. It didn't turn out, but yeah, Bryce was my pick. My sleeper was Cameron Davis, and I called this I think Monday night on our on our DFS stream. And I'm pretty happy with this. He, he was kind of, I don't know, maybe in the how Tong Lee kind of comparison to the PGA championship. He was getting the, a lot of the press and media after Thursday, uh, not so much on Friday, but he was hanging in there. He was thinking the last kind of final groups on Saturday, had a little bit of a blow up finished T 29 though. And I think, I mean, he was a deeper sleeper than, the second or third kind of tier of guys, so I'm pretty happy with that. My yeah, favorite just for some, Justin. Sorry, just just for some context on that, he was 6300 on DraftKings, which, yeah. um, if you do know what that means, that's that's always down there for sleep for sleepers. So it's a it's an aggressive sleeper, which is nice. Yeah. And then I had Justin Rose as my fade, and it was looking good. And then on his 36th hole, he dropped a bomb. He slammed in a putt from about 30 feet to make the cut. And then actually had a great weekend. And I rostered him on my Sunday showdown because he was kind of, he was showing more form as the tournament went on. And then my top Canadian was Adam Hadwin, who missed the cut, but we'll be moving on to BMW. Just just to add to that, we we were um, doing a live cut sweat show on Friday, and the last thing to come in was was Justin Rose having yeah. to make the cut or not. And I was like, I was cheering hard because you know I like Justin Rose. He's a good, he's an easy guy to cheer for. And so I was just like pumped when he made it. And and Adam, Adam like he he dropped a pretty good putt to make it and have a chance to try to get into next week. And Adam was just like all upset. And I was like, what? Like what? Rose? And he's like, yeah, he was my fade this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you're a Rose fan? I, man, I, I like you, Rose. You, you might be the first Rose fan I've met. Anyway. Okay, well, why don't we move on then to stock up and stock down. Craig, why don't you start us off with who you have as moving up, whose stock is moving up for you? So the way I'm, I'm – the angle I'm taking on this is this is from my point of view. So seeing as how I had chosen DJ as a fade going into this week, and he won a tournament by 11 strokes and is now the world golf, the official world golf mm. ranking number one player, uh, my stock's up on DJ. I, I just control he had over every facet of his game and how elite his ball striking is and just how comfortable it seemed it, it didn't seem you know like sometimes when guys go low it just it's like everything seems to be going right it was just like it was it was just everything looked so easy it, it was 
the difficult thing was seeing how this doesn't happen all the time. And so I think he's got great momentum going forward. I mean, if you if you don't, I, I think he's got to be the favorite to win the, the championship. I don't know whether he'll win next week or, or what, but I think he's going to be pretty darn competitive once they get to Eastlake. Adam, who is rising in your books? Yeah, I mean, well, that's a bold call by Craig with DJ. I mean, wow, that's... That's something. I'm going a little bit lesser known. I'm going with Cameron Smith, uh, the young Aussie who has had more of a rough 2020, especially since the restart. He, well, I, sorry, he won early in the year, but he's had a rough start restart. He went miscut, 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 and then went 68, 59, 43, and then 18. This week he was seventh tee to green and third on approach. He's one of these guys, I mean, he's he's an international team player uh, last year on the President's Cup. So he's he's hanging around with these guys, but he just kind of seemed out of form. So he's one of these guys that I think is literally kind of finding his stroke and, and improving week to week. So he's turning up for me. He's stock up. How, well, my, st- you, my, stock, my stock up this week, after this week, is Mackenzie Hughes, my pick for top Canadian. Nice. Um, I've been... I've been kind of keeping my eye on Hughes obviously as one of the the Canadians but um this makes seven cuts in a row for Hughes uh two top tens in that stretch he was he was 13th this week um he's moved up to 36 in the FedEx Cup standing so you know with a good week next week he's got a chance to make it to the Tour Championship there um he's just been playing really solid golf he's not yeah you know, he's not a guy who's going to overpower courses or anything like that, but he's just consistently moving up leaderboards during the week, kind of doing what he has to do, not not putting up big scores. Um, and I've just been impressed. So he's a guy I'm going to be watching next week and, and you know, rooting for him, hoping he can make the, the uh, Tour Championship. My stock down, another one of my picks, is uh, Mark Leishman. He finished... He missed the cut. He finished plus five. He has nothing going on. Um, <laughs> early early in the season, he was playing great. He won at the Farmers. Uh, he was second at Bay Hill. But since the restart, he's missed four of seven cuts. Uh, his, his highest finish is a T40, which might lead you to ask the question why he was my sleeper. And it is possible I didn't dive into these numbers prior to making that pick <laughs> but so from going from my sleeper he's definitely on the on the downward trend uh he's a guy i will be fading uh, in the future that's probably smart craig who do you have as your as your uh stock down so on the same note as my um my stock up. Uh, my stock down is is Rory. It pains me to say it, but maybe, maybe it's just because of how high my stock, my my opinion of Rory is. And and this is this is where I'm saying this is what I'm looking at as stock up, stock down is is from what my what my perception of these players were going into the tournament to what they are leaving it. And I just have like when you have someone maybe. <laughs> The thing that this feels like to me is a little bit like the Andrew Luck situation where, I mean, Andrew Luck, if he was playing football, would be the best player in football. Um, but Arguable. He, 
sorry, arguable. Yeah, it's arguable, but um, there's not a lot of people who would potentially be the best at anything in the world that like have just decided not to do it. And that's what happens when people lose passion and like, and like they, they don't have the same drive and motivation to, to compete like they used to. And I mean, that was a little bit different because of injuries and, and other things, but um, yeah, I, I worry when, when you hear that kind of thing out of, out of Rory. And so, um, I, I hope that he can find something to, to, to give him that drive going in, into these majors. Um, I don't, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I mean, he can turn it on at any point, but I don't like him a whole lot in the next couple of weeks. Mm. So Adam, how about your stock down? What do you got for us? Well- I think it was inevitable that Craig was going to mention Andrew Luck at some point. I just didn't think it was going to be in episode two of our podcast. So that's impressive <laughs> that you somehow found a comparison. Like I'm just surprised I haven't mentioned Peyton oh, yet. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to continue on Craig's train of uh, my pick to win and pick Bryson as my stock down. And I'm going to specify I'm, I'm stock down on uh, Bryson's putting and his approach. He just... I think he's fine what he's doing. I think his transformation's fine. His off the tee game is strong. Don't change. I mean, continue down that that path that you're going, but figure something out on the greens. Get Somehow get some feel. I know you have this whole system of how far to bring it back, but it's not working right now, and it might not work from week to week to week with different greens and different green speeds and different grass types. So my stock down is on Bryson and Bryson's putting. And and hopefully Bryson's listening to take this advice. And hopefully hey. my stock can be down on all the broadcasters constantly talking about Bryson. Yeah. Well, I'm just it, so over it. I mean, yeah. You guys like, embrace it. Embrace it. This it's the one of the greatest shows out there. When DJ isn't running away with it by eleven, watching Bryson do his thing is one of the funniest things going. He's either I, breaking a driver head or. Telling a I, I enjoy I enjoy the or... drama. Um, I just they so they there's one point I think it was on Friday when they had him in feature group and they had Kisner as I don't know if he was another feature group or just like the bonus coverage, but they're talking about Bryson like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread and he's one over and like clearly missing the cut at this point. And they're like, yeah, like how can a guy like Kisner even compare? And he was like a 10 under or something at the time. And I'm like, like, yeah. like maybe golf is a multifaceted game where there's a whole bunch of things going on and people can win in all kinds of different ways, but it just, it, it's just getting so old. Well, uh, I think it's I, gonna... I agree and disagree. Yeah. It's going to be the way it is for a while with Bryson. He's he's a he. You can't look away. So you're going to be hearing a lot about him. Yeah, and and I like I like to watch it unfold in terms of the competition each week. I think he adds a lot as the character he is and what he brings to the game. But it's just like okay, if he's not the story, don't make him the story. That's more what I find. The one right. thing with Bryson, and I think he does it more than any other maybe tour pro, or at least we see it, is when guys line up their putt they miss their putt and then they look like well the green's supposed to break that way my book tells me that it breaks that way well guess what it didn't so don't go back to your book where it tells you that it has to break to the right because guess what it stayed straight it's a it's a game of feel and it's a game of what you see i i'm over this whole kind of green book and 
guys being like, it, it had to go the other way. I mean, no, it I, didn't. Adam, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think they should totally get rid of Green's books. I think they're, it's, it's taking away from the game. When have you ever seen Tiger refer to a Green's book? Ever? Did Jack ever have a Green's book? I have no idea what the answer to that is, but <laughs> I, I think that the best players of, in the history of the game played the game based on feel and to have these greens books. I mean, I can see Craig there looking like, oh, don't take this scientific aspect out of the game. <laughs> well, I guess I, I don't quite know what you're saying. Like, should they not be like, essentially they're notes. Like they're no, no, they're they're. I believe they can have the green and they can, the, a picture of the green and they can almost be grid like a, yes. like a topography. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah. So, but they're, you're saying they can't have notes i don't think it's no i think they should look at the they should look at the green and see so what they, they think get it's rid of do. yardage books too but don't don't complain that your book says that it should go slightly down to no the right i totally i totally agree with that like i'm not whatever yardage, happened, happened yardage books is something different you, though craig yardage books is like you you can't necessarily see the distance or the yardage marker it's for pace of play the, whereas i, I don't know you can like see the green you can see how far the green is away no but you can't necessarily there's some there can be obstructions in the way from your view you might not be close to a, a marker on the fairway or or one of the yardage markers and you and you need a a, a mark like from a bunker or something to have a rough like idea of how far you are it's totally different than number. a it's totally different than a green's book uh, in my opinion a green book you can see everything that's laying there in front of you there's no it's just a matter of judging the break i agree i think a yardage book it's okay to be like oh we need 240 to carry that bunker that we can barely see because it's 240 yards away compared to no this putt's supposed to be two inches to the right i think those are 17 percent grade here yeah i don't i don't like that at all but I mean, to me, it's just it's the same thing, just on the scale of the green and the scale of the hole. Like, you, it's just the information is is there. I, I, I if you want to I think if you want to say you get rid of greens books, you get rid of anything like that. I, I don't I guess I don't see the half measure. I, I don't necessarily say get rid of them, but I'm tired of players always referring to them and then complaining if something doesn't go exactly as they say. I'm totally, saying I totally I'm saying get that. rid of them. I'm saying get rid of them. And I don't agree with getting rid of yardage books. I think it's a completely different thing. But let's move on. I can't believe Let's move on. Let's get past on. this. Uh, Craig, we're going to throw it to you here for your good, your bad, and your ugly. And that's right. I just said you're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this week, uh, quite clearly, the good, the bad, and the ugly are relating to the bubble. The uh, not the PGA bubble, but the the 70 uh, 70 person um, qualifier to BMW Championship. So for the good, uh, I think we had mentioned it already, but Louis Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen. Uh, sorry, my. My, um, I don't quite have the full range of pronunciations there. Um, so he had a, a, he was looking great going into the, into the weekend. I think he was actually your pick to win on, on Friday, wasn't he, Adam? I think you might be right. Yeah. So he was 65, 65, 68, and then he ended up being, uh, three over, going into 18 today 
and he needed to so he, he was not having he had a bad day that's not why he's the good but he had to make a birdie to be able to qualify next week hits into the fairway horn goes the delay um he had a three iron about 230 yards uh, and I don't know if you guys saw the the last the extended coverage, um, the last little bit there, but it looked like they had a really hard time judging the distance. Like a whole bunch of them landed short, uh, but he put it to thirty feet, easy two putt birdie, made it made it into next week, um, and in a fairly easy, convincing fashion, you know, uh, which was nice to see. Yeah. Um, so the bad. So Max Homa, which I, I feel like we're all pretty big Max Homa fans. Um, he had he was sitting at minus three going into 18 on Friday, which was the cut line. He was on. He was making the cut. He ended up. Uh, I think his his drive was a little wayward. Had to punch out, hit a wedge into the bunker, or, or a wedge or a short short club into the bunker. Uh, ended up making a bogey to miss the cut at minus two, and. At that point, he was falling out of the top 70. He was right. 71st at that point on Friday. Um, he was 57th going into the tournament. Fortunately for him, and this is why that is, this is not going to be the ugly, uh, enough guys who had good uh, first couple of days fell low enough in the rankings that they did not get the points to pass him. So he ended up only being at 68 and he squeaks through, but uh, I imagine he had a uh, a pretty stressful time watching the watching the finishes uh, today. For sure. Yeah, I'm a big Max Homa fan. I'm always pulling for him. So that one was I was I was feeling for him. Yeah. After I saw that. So now we get to the ugly, and this one hurts a little bit because this was Adam's sleeper to win the tournament. And I actually also had rostered him at DFS. And, and you know, it, it just hurts a bit that, that it ended up happening. But uh, Cam Davis, he, he was 64-65 on his first two days. Uh, at that point, he was fairly comfortably making it into next week. Uh, he ended up going... Three over on the weekend, um, and including uh, he was three over 38 on his final nine, uh, in which he fell from minus 13 to minus 10. And at minus 13, uh, he would have been, I believe it was tied for 13th, uh, but when he fell back to minus 10, he ended up uh, missing uh, missing the the number to get in next week, and even so, it's par 35. Even if he would have been one over 36 on the back nine, it would have been enough to get him in. But um, it's ugly. It's hard to see. Uh, you know? I don't know. That's that's kind of harsh. Like I think if you if you said he would have break top 30 to start the at, on Wednesday night. You would take it. So I, I kind of disagree with that as an ugly take because, yeah, he fell off on the weekend, but he's a young talent that maybe doesn't know how to put together four days on on a tournament of this kind of caliber. But I don't know. That's a little bit harsh. I hear you. I'm just saying that it it's not going to be ugly if it's not close. You know, he was in a position to do it. It's 
unfortunately he didn't do it, but I'm sure he doesn't feel good about it. And I think that he probably thinks he should have got it done. So yeah, 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 I agree. It's my take, and I will stand by it. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. talk about hi, talk about hijacking the take there, Adam. <laughs> Listen, so, I'm hey. still happy. Like I, I do agree for my for my DraftKings lineups. I was still content with what he put up for me. Um, I just think that it sucks for the guy, and it's ugly to see. So, Adam, since you are jumping in on everybody else's takes here, how about we shoot to you for <laughs> your three stars for this week? My three stars in the week, starting with my third star, is Robbie Shelton. He ended up T13 with a 63 on Sunday and made the top 70 to make the BMW Championship. He did so by closing birdie, birdie, eagle, a hole out from 130, par, birdie, birdie. Six under on his final six holes to make the uh, top 70. Moved him from 81st to 62. Yeah, he was he was awesome. That was right when I think, at least for me, that was right when the coverage started. And uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had him on a feature group, did they not? I believe he was in a feature group with uh, Ricky. So I I didn't have the feature group coverage. I was driving out to Camor for a round of golf, but I did throw on PGA Tour radio, which I it was my first time listening to the coverage on radio, and I actually enjoyed it. And I got my uh, Robbie Shelton updates. Uh, there and so here's another thing with uh, Robbie Shelton that I want to pass to you guys. He won the 2017 Golf BC Championship Ooh. out at Gallagher's Canyon, <laughs> in Kelowna, British Columbia. Wow! How about that? I know. So uh, that for was... context, that is uh, where we're from, and we also, all of us, at one point worked for Golf BC for another golf course they own, and we've played that Gallagher's Canyon golf course a whole lot. I and believe that's when we married there. Yeah, our sister got married there. I believe we played that on your stag, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just so, look up while you're getting to your next star. I'll look up what he shot when he was there. I I, I thought that was kind of a. I was, I was scrolling down his Wikipedia page and I said, Golf BC Championship. I wonder. Gallagher's Canyon. How about that? My second star of the week is Dustin Johnson. I think we've kind of hammered that one home, but he was just dominating. He had a 60. He should have shot in the 50s, but minus 30 to clear the field by 11. Absolutely impressive. One of the most dominant performances we've seen in a long time. And then my, you guys might be wondering, why is he not your first star with a performance that good? Because my first star goes to Sophia Popoff. She won the Women's British Open this morning at Royal Troon. I don't know if you guys caught it on. It's actually kind of weird how it went from golf the golf channel to NBC for the last uh, three holes there. But one of the best stories I think I've seen in golf in a while, she was ranked 304th in the world coming into the major. Her first top 10 in an LPGA event was just a couple weeks before to get her invite into the women's British open. Three weeks ago, she used caddying on the LPGA tour for her friend and she's just been grinding during the COVID break on mini tours. And just she got that top 10 and she capitalized. And I think she ended up winning by a few strokes. I saw some other coverage where she was caddying, I think, for herself, maybe on Thursday, Friday. And then her boyfriend was caddying. A little push her. cart. I saw yeah, it. she had the push cart. She hit a bunker. She hit it out of the bunker, had to grab the rake, rake the bunker, got up, got the putter cover off, got line up the putt. 
it was incredible. What a story. What a performance. One of those life-changing moments that just, it's kind of a goosebump type moment. A story you almost wouldn't believe if you saw it in, in a movie or something. It's a classic, like, caddy, pretty good player in her own right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I saw an article uh, said it's probably going to be the, the sports story of the year, or like it should be. It may not be because you know how much love woman sports usually gets, but it, it's the type of thing that should be the sports story of the year. Yeah, I don't know how much cover coverage it will get. It was kind of lighting up Twitter a little bit the weekend, but that's my Twitter, who it's pretty golf heavy. So my three stars, third star, Robbie Shelton, second star, Dustin Johnson, and first star, Sophia Popoff. And Robbie Shelton was minus 19 over over four rounds at Gallagher's, which I think I've been pretty close to that. But <laughs> I, think, I think in 50 rounds, my collective birdies there. <laughs> Uh, that, that would be I'm a good one where there. where we could see if we went and did a scramble to see oh no we could get minus 19 in a scramble easy in four rounds maybe in four yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah okay um so one thing i wanted to highlight uh elsewhere in the golf world this week is that the always entertaining phil mickelson will be taking his talents to the champions tour for the first time he's going to be ah. playing uh, the Charles Schwab series at the Ozarks National. Um, and I, for one, am pretty excited about it. Uh, that starts Monday and runs through Wednesday, I believe, three rounds. Um, Phil is the heavy betting favorite at this point, which I think is maybe so a little bad. bit of uh, you know popularity bias. But mm. um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, he's been playing decent lately. Um, not, not his, the, obviously the best golf he's ever played, but he's, he's, he's been playing quite well recently and he, he had a, a tie for second, I think on the tour. Um, and so I'm just interested to see how it, it translates to the champions tour, because I think a lot of guys, uh, don't appreciate how good the, the guys on the champions tour are and how competitive they are. Um, I don't think no. that Phil's going to waltz in there and, roll I over agree. these guys yeah just just so. a correction because people might not be clear about what tour you're talking about it's it's the pga tour champions now so oh okay <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of the rebranding well, wow they uh yeah i i don't know why they changed it but uh i just think uh, carlton come on tv for that uh commercial where he talks about those champion tour moments <laughs> you guys not seen that no, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that one. I, I do though. Like I, I think it's one. pretty pretty reasonable based just on his talent that he would be the betting favorite. Like I, I I I'm not trying to dismiss how good those guys are, but if you were to think of fifty year old plus golfers, I'd say he's if not him, Furick maybe, but but in terms of who has the most ability to go out and win a tournament on a in a given week, I think I'd put Phil right up there. Sure, Ernie, and I, I I'm not a I'm not a bookmaker, so I can't comment on this one way or another. But I think that the fact that his name's Phil Mickelson and he's he's making his his debut on the on the tour it, that uh, you know that's why he's at the top. But um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see how his game compares to the guys that are already out there. He and I love the reasons he's doing it too. He he said that. He was disappointed to not qualify for the BMW next week, um, and he 
wants to compete. He wants to keep his game sharp leading into the U.S. Open, and this is a place that he can do it. So why not? For sure. Yeah. I it again. I think it's great for that tour that he's going out there. It's going to put more eyes on on their tour, and I'm excited to see what happens. And it's I don't know. I don't think this is usually the way it is, but I'm surprised it's running midweek. I don't know how much Champions Tour or the tour. What is it? Tour the. <laughs> Or PGA it's, Tour it's, Champions. PGA Tour Champions. I, I don't know how much you guys watch, but um, yeah, Monday to Wednesday is an interesting one, but it'll be it'll fill in the gap before uh, the event in Chicago next week. For sure. I think most of them go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They are usually three-day events, but yeah, Monday starts a little irregular, I think. Um, so that sort of leads us in. Why don't we talk a little bit about next week in Chicago, the BMW Championship. Um, it's being played at Olympia Fields. It's a par 70, 7,353 yards. Uh, it's a no-cut event. So that's sort of a different dynamic. What do you guys sure. think? Early impressions? Um, early picks? What do you got? So I guess I, I'll, I don't know if I'll flat out say my, my sleeper right now, but Robbie Shelton is on my short list, one of one right now to be my sleeper. And he came off, I think in his interview, he was saying that he has a little bit of history out there um, on that course. And there is a U.S. amateur that was there a few years ago where I think we had Bryson, we had John Rahm. So it'll be interesting to see if those guys perhaps have a little bit of advantage. But Robbie Shelton is a guy that I am. I'm curious to see what his price comes out at in dfs next week and i'll i'll definitely i'll flag him for my yeah i i have a quick early sleeper just because i'm i've now put rory stock down so much and i'm going to take him as a sleeper to win not as my <laughs> <laughs> it's a setup the whole thing is uh, a setup. um i was just going to say real quick that i haven't i haven't looked at at anything going into next week yet but uh we'll plan to do that and then we will do a bit of a a DFS early look breakdown tomorrow. Uh, Adam and I will be doing that tomorrow night. So so look out for that, and I'll get into it a bit more there. I'm, I think I'm excited the... to see how these guys that need to move up are going to perform. Um, yeah. Obviously, the one I always have my eyes on is Tiger. He, from what I understand, probably needs a top four finish to move on to the Tour Championship. And um, as always, I'm, I'm extraordinarily confident that he'll be able to do that. <laughs> Um, also, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see if one of our, one or more of our Canucks can move into the, to the top. Sure. Uh, Mackenzie yeah. Hughes, like I say, he's been playing great. I hope he keeps it up and, and moves up there. Yeah. Sorry. And just real quick on that, uh, because I, I think we had mentioned three of them, um, with Hadwin Connors and Hughes, and we didn't mention Nick Taylor, who, uh, is the other one who's in next week. And I believe he's 41st right now. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, in terms of the three playoff events, this one might be kind of the third one that piques my interest. I think the Tour Championship, you kind of have that unique kind of format with the leader starting out with a better score and other guys kind of chasing. The one we just had, you have the cut. This one kind of falls in a weird middle zone where there's no cut. It's just about guys moving up. It, in terms of DFS, it's a little less interesting for me because there is no cut. And maybe it's more heavy sleepers because of that. It just, 
Yeah, the only narrative I see is moving into the top 30, which is a lot to carry through for four days when we saw how much can change on six holes or one hole for these guys to move in or out. Yeah, I guess I, I would disagree a little bit. I probably like this more than the next week. Um, I, I like the drama of the cut down from 70 to 30. Uh, I do think that come East Lake, like there's a huge amount of drama on on the winner. Um, but mm-hmm. aside from that, it's it's 30 player. I don't know. I, I, I like this where it does. You, like if it's another runaway, you get all those other little things mattering on Sunday. But I, I, I do agree that like the Friday, the, the lack of cut, I don't like. Yeah. In, in a way, I think that the way they're doing Eastlake now with a um, staggered start, essentially, um, you it it takes away from it a little bit because sometimes in the past you would have that tournament as a standalone and who was going to win that tournament. And also you had this other thing, the jockeying for guys had to finish in a certain place to secure the FedEx Cup. And I understand why they simplified all that, but it does make it so that if the guy, you know, let's say DJ holds on to the top spot, gets a, I think it's a two stroke lead going into the tournament. He could just run away with it and the tournament's over on, on Friday um, right. So, uh, we'll see what happens. But um, I think last year was was pretty successful in the in the rollout of that. It it did become pretty exciting. Um, but uh, we'll see. I'm I'm excited. I uh, I also think there's there's so many different ways to play golf and score golf and set up a tournament structure that three tournaments of four days uh, is a little bit repetitive. Maybe maybe there's a the guys eight inside the bubble, eight outside is like a sixteen match play type bracket, where I don't know or something you do, creative you do, like that. You do the seventy down to thirty two, and you make it a match play. Yeah, one verse thirty two. Like I don't know, like that has merit to me. Match play. I, I oh, yeah, feel like we don't get enough think. match play in golf, and I, I think it's, I, I it's interesting agree. to see golfers go head to head. You know. So guys, I think we're running pretty long here. So unless you got anything major in the the rest of the sports world, just uh, just real quick, I want to give a shout out to Nick Nurse, Raptors coach, one coach of the year um, yeah. in nice. a landslide, and then Raptors closed out. Uh, Raptors closed out 150 point win against crazy Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn, that's who it was. I'm like, what yep. irrelevant team were they playing? Right, yeah. Wow. Um, no, so looking forward to seeing the rest of the rest of the playoffs. And I got to quickly shout out the Canucks who have closed out the Blues to move on to play the Golden Knights. So good to see them having success. There's a young young core of guys there that are kind of finding their stride. We're watching them grow before our eyes right now. I have one tip or maybe one lesson learned when you're going to miss a day of golf and you want to kind of catch up through recording you you always record the next half hour maybe even the next hour and a half but when there's a weather delay and they actually switch back to the other channel screwed either way so that's my tip is always record at least an hour an hour and a half after but if they switch it up on you well that's that okay well that about wraps it up for this week thank you for listening um where can people find you guys Craig. Yeah, find me at Grandstand Craig or come check us out Monday night. We're going to be on Twitch doing a DFS breakdown. And then uh, I don't know what the rest of the schedule is going to be, but 
if you follow the Grandstand Golf uh, Twitter, uh, we'll be making sure we let you know when we go live. Awesome. Adam. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Bapti. And yeah, everything for golf related with Grandstand and the schedule for the week will be on Twitter at Grandstand Golf. And you can find me at Grandstand Kevin on Twitter. Um, and check out our website at grandstandgolf.com for all of our content. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast and join us in the grandstands every week. We look forward to talking golf with you. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks a lot.